Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. If you are new to the Missing Chapter podcast, first of all, welcome to our classroom. For those of you who are veterans to the Missing Chapter, you know we love our coffee. Specifically, we love our Utica Coffee Roasting Company coffee. Almost every one of our episodes highlights a coffee from our beloved roasters in the heart of downtown Utica. If you're a listener outside of our central New York area, you may or may not be familiar with Utica, New York. It's the seat of Oneida County in central New York on the Mohawk River and the New York State Canal System, about 50 miles east of Syracuse. The first settlers were Dutch and German, and in 1758, the British built what was known as Old Fort Schuyler. It was near the site of an ancient Oneida Indian Council stone. Some residents of Utica know exactly what I'm talking about when I mention Fort Schuyler, as some of the buildings that honor its history still find their place on Genesee Street. Unfortunately, Even though it was called Old Fort Schuyler, the young area was destroyed by the Indian Tory raid in 1776. Just like the many ups and downs the small city has had to endure, the early village was rebuilt and connected by stagecoach to Albany in 1793 and by river to Schenectady. But there's a question I'll pose here. How does a village called Old Fort Schuyler become a not so common name of Utica? You know, it's not like some of the more common names in our country, and it seems odd, doesn't it? Well, the story of how Utica got its name may be even more odd than you might think. The Utica newspaper, The Observer Dispatch, and other various ancillary sources describe this change that took place in the last few years of the 18th century. Here's the story. The focal point is a man by the name of Erastus Clark. Erastus was a young attorney from Connecticut with a pretty prominent background, actually. His maternal grandmother was the sister of the great American theologian, Jonathan Edwards. He was listed as a trustee of the well-respected Hamilton College, a prominent school in Clinton, New York. But anyway, Erastus was an attorney by trade and specifically the attorney of the new village of Old Fort Schuyler and a graduate of Dartmouth College. Now, Erastus takes a seat in what's known as Bags Tavern, a very popular name in Utica today. The historic Bags Square near the Union train station in Utica is the prime example of this name. So as Erastus takes his spot, a dozen other men join him. But why the gathering? Well, you see, the week prior to the meeting at the tavern, the Albany legislature incorporated the hamlet of Old Fort Schuyler as a village. So now, The old Fort Schuyler is now new old Fort Schuyler. And many of the villagers thought the name was just, as it sounded, too long, too cumbersome, and way too awkward to pronounce. Many others, though, bitterly disagreed. So some of the most prominent villagers of the time were asked to sit at the big kids' table and hash this out. Erastus was one of them. So what did they do? Well, the majority of the prominent men seated there wanted it changed. But what name would they go with? And that would install themselves into the history section forever. How do you get a baker's dozen men in the same room at a tavern to rename a newly formed city and then all agree with the outcome? 
It sounds like the beginning of a Robert De Niro film or the beginning of a bad riddle. And as you can imagine, as the debate began, it grew and tensions became palpable. As some have described, it was long and heated. Unfortunately, we don't really have extensive written records about how the meeting went down exactly, but oral tradition makes it sound like the heated arguments were getting nowhere. So what better solution to settle a heated debate than just to bring it down to one thing, chance. That's right, according to the Observer Dispatch, each man was asked to take their idea for a name and write it on a piece of paper and put it into a hat on the table. Whose hat was it? And honestly, I have no idea, but the way my mind pictured it was a Yankee hat, but then I'm reminded that the Yankees didn't exist until 1903, so that can't be possible, but I'd like to imagine that. But as hat picks go, the first piece of paper that was picked would be the village's new name. So what were some of the new names inside of the hat, you asked? Washington, Washingtonville, Jefferson, Kent, which was a county in England, and Skenandoah, the great Oneida chief who sided with the Americans during the Revolutionary War. But then came Erastus Clark's turn to write a name. As fate would have it, he had just finished reading books about the ancient civilizations and remembered seeing a name in ancient North Africa that really stuck out to him for one reason or another, Utica. The North African city of Utica, which was located in present-day Tunisia, but no longer exists, was involved in the Carthage Wars. The Battle of Utica in the early 200s BC ended in a Roman victory, for anyone keeping score at home. But anyway, it must have been that topic of focus in the classics that Erastus was honed in on, and sure enough, it was Erastus Clark's paper that was pulled out first. The name Utica has now been chosen thanks to a 35-year-old from Lebanon, Connecticut, and by the luck of the draw out of someone's hat. This has been a Missing Chapter Short, your quick fix for history's forgotten stories in a busy world. Listen to full-length episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast providers.